0: Alright guys, here we go. We have a brand new rewatch. We're doing the Christopher Nolan Batman movies with a great title, which I won't tell you now. We are going to give you a bunch of news, lots of Disney Plus, and lots of Kevin Feige. We have a couple hot wrecks for you, and an old game is coming back. Here we go, Nordy's And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing well, man. I'm doing pretty damn well. How about that, Eric?
0: I like that. I'm doing great. Happy to be here with you guys. We had a great sports cast. We talked lots of NFL playoffs. So go check that out if you like sports like we do. Um, but here we go. We have a great screencast for you guys. All kinds of news. A new rewatch series. An uh, old game is back. It's going to be a whole lot of fun this week. And we're so happy to spend this week with our friends you guys the listeners so please give us a follow if you haven't yet on twitter and instagram at nordys podcast also subscribe on anywhere you get your favorite podcast from and get the podcast each and every week 2020 was a drag 2021 starting off slowly that's okay (laughs) friends from the nordys podcast are here each and every week to cheer you up with amazing episodes friendship Topics to bring up to friends to pretend they are your own thoughts, but they're actually ours. Memes, all kinds of things. We are here to be your friends. Talk back. We won't hear you, but you'll feel better.
2: I feel like we're turning into a meme account with a podcast as a side hustle.
0: Yeah.
1: No, no, no. And I'm I'm, I'm totally on board. It's all about the pod, but it is a great follow. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Great follow. The gram is hot.
0: The gram's hot. Hot. More people have been communicating with the gram than ever before.
1: Yeah. For you guys who like don't really manage it, but can jump in whenever you want, you guys must be like, Jesus Christ. Cause the messages just blow up your phone all day or what? No, I have the notifications off for that all day. All oh, but day. you keep them on all day on and your fucking a- wristwatch. I, I love
0: it. I'm, sometimes I'm like really curious but I don't want to click on it and then have you not see it if you're in the middle of a conversation.
1: Yeah. So, Cause then I wouldn't notice.
0: So a lot of the day I'm like, Oh gosh, I really wonder what that combo's is about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it though. Cause like if you reply, I will at least go like, like your comment and see it. And maybe reply. If you give me some fucking controversial shit, we might get into it. It's kind of fun. So hey, if you, if you follow the gram, feel free to message anytime. It's good. It's, it's all fun. And that's how we interact. Right. You know? So, um, that's how we're that's how we're proven we're really friends I feel like Eric looks at his watch and he's like Ashley who I gotta log in real quick yeah who's <laughs> this who's this now
0: <laughs> all right guys um so here we go beer time we're all drinking our own beers what are you guys drinking today all
1: right I'm drinking uh yes Badger Hill from Shakopee. I thought this trader IPA was appropriate for the week so that's Very appropriate, appropriate. lighter like IPA
2: traitor.
1: Okay. And it's pretty good, you guys. Very traditional. I like it.
2: I'm drinking uh, from Portage. It's illegal to storm the Capitol. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's called Other Plans. It's a New England IPA. Anytime I see Portage and it's a new beer, I'm getting it now. Jimbo, you've sold me on Portage. Yes. I love Portage. Everything they make is like really quality beer so I'm I'm very happy for this this is a uh, just a straight- up New England IPA it's really good really solid beer
0: um, I'm drinking surly pentagram um, because it made me think a pentagram is that pagan symbol that's been confused with a symbol of the devil and if you are a seditious... Sadist, what's with the word seditious traitor you're going oh. To- oh. yeah <laughs> um no but for real uh pentagram from surly is one of my very favorite uh surly beers it is a an american dark sour ale so it is a really extremely funky fun beer it doesn't taste like anyone else's stuff it's a great deal i think it was 16 bucks for a four pack of uh 16 ounce cans so freaking love it haven't had surly in some time glad that they're back making cool things I think they realized
2: that the uh, the demand for the pentagram bottle has waned significantly, and they thought, let's put it in cans and make it affordable, and then we could sell more of it.
0: For sure. It's just such a funky beer. It's a really fun one to drink, so happy to have it. Um, cool. All right, guys. Here we go. We're diving right into do we care. Actually, you know what? Let's dive into something we do care about, and that Ooh. was the most BS uh, stuff that happened this week with mm. people storming the u.s Capitol with weapons um claiming they liked blue lives until blue lives stood in their way from overthrowing the government killing a police officer assaulting others um being racist traitors uh to the country we here at the podcast never stand with these people they claim to be patriots they are not patriots attacking america is not being an american and honestly if you think it is Um, feel free to message us and have a civil conversation. But if you are passionately on the side of Q, you probably shouldn't be a fan of the Nordies podcast.
1: I don't think anybody out there right now is listening being like, whoa, they're talking to me, bro. I don't think so. But if, if you are listening, I want to know why. And then I'll block you.
2: Yeah, fair enough. And not only did they do all those things, they did some of the, like... Worst things imaginable. I mean, obviously, killing a police officer notwithstanding, so blue lives don't actually matter. It was just a dog whistle for racism. Mm -hmm. But they spread like feces on the walls of Congress. They brought Confederate Nazi flags into like a hollowed temple of democracy. And then people in... Right-wing politics lost a bunch of followers that were Nazis that Twitter like shut down, and they're complaining that they're losing followers. Like, aren't those you? You don't want Nazis as followers? I just scratch my head at all of this. Like, um, obviously, it's unbelievably horrific and stupid, and it makes me very angry. But at the same time, I just I scratch my head of like you are the confederacy reborn and you don't fucking get it. And everyone else does like it's, everyone's in on the joke except them. Mm-hmm. And they have no clue that what they're doing is the, again, I always hearken back to you're the, you're the people in the crowd during segregation that are cheering on firefighters, hosing down like little black kids that are trying to integrate into like an all white school. Like that's who you are. And I fucking hate everything that I saw and wish that it never happened. But at the same time, I'm also glad that it did. Cause now they're out in the open. Mm-hmm. Now we know who they are. Now we know what they were really all about the entire time. And I hope I hope as a white person I realize that my America is different than Black people, like I I couldn't imagine, I think I sent you guys the text, I couldn't imagine being African-American and watching what took place on the Capitol and then getting literal visual confirmation that there is two different societies, like on TV. Like we always kind of knew it existed. And I think, you know, here for us, you know, we we all support uh, Black Lives Matter and have the signs in our yard and support all sorts of different causes. But to, for, for Black people to see that on TV, I can't, I can't even imagine how they must have felt. And I feel such empathy towards people of color who, you know, even like the uh, rest in peace, John Lewis did a, a peaceful sit-in in like 2016 and was arrested. The, the Capitol Police were literally throwing out handicapped people that were, were protesting outside of Mitch McConnell's office. People in wheelchairs, they were picking them up out of their wheelchairs and escorting mm. them out, but we don't have enough Capitol Police to prevent people from, like, storming the Senate chamber, and it came down to one black police officer preventing them from going in there.
1: Yeah, that was you crazy. Do, Euro, you
2: an way, like, yeah. Like, all, sorry, I got on a little soapbox there, but fucking A. Hey, like, this, no. this, it was one, it was so nightmarish, and I,
1: I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm out of work I think now. we have you to, good. have to hope that good comes from this. Not if you're a Trump supporter. The only way back to the fold is to admit that you're wrong, that these things didn't work out, that you were tricked or connived. You have to end the support now for this like upheaval of the of a peaceful and, and proper election. And maybe someday you can come back to the fold, but you have to come all the way. Um, we've set our boundaries of what America should be. Uh, and... You know, we still have a long way to go, even as the mainstream. But I think what what I can see as a positive from this, possibly, is that we've now aligned ourselves as this is what America could be and should be, and these people that are doing this are outside of that. Whereas before they were they were that they were mixed in with that, and people felt hopeless that didn't feel didn't agree with them. They've identified themselves. They are the extremists. They are not patriotic. They are not what's what's best for America. Even the, the you know, conservative folks like Mitch McConnell and Pence have come to the right side of things, although it's ridiculously late and it's silly and it's not forgivable. Um, they let this happen, I believe, but everybody's now on the right side. The line is drawn and there's like 12% of the people on the wrong side or less, much less.
0: All I want to say is when will the people following Q admit that all of Q's crazy predictions aren't real? He literally said,
2: never, never.
0: They said, Jeremy. guys, the, the the elites, the global elites are trafficking kids out of a pizza restaurant in D.C. And we found that wasn't true. Then the whole thing is that JFK Jr. is going to come back and JFK Jr. and Trump, JFK Jr. who is actually alive this whole time, and Trump are going to team up to get rid of the global elites and reset America. Where's Even the, though
2: Donald Trump so desperately wants to be a global elite. But anyway, carry where, on.
0: Where is the where's JFK Jr.? So, guys, we try not to be too political. I make a lot of political jokes when we're doing this, and I like to be snarky, and I think I'm funny. But, guys, if we want to be the United States that we claim that we want to be, these kind of things can't be acceptable. And it is beyond politics. This is you're either a part of America and democracy and you're a patriot and you believe in freedom and you believe in elections or you believe in fairy tales and you want a king. And the the Mm -hmm. podcast doesn't stand for that kind of stuff. So sorry to get really political. We know that's not what you guys come here for. You guys come here to get away from that kind of stuff. But we just had to put our two cents on things before we dive into all of our fun talk. So hopefully let me uh,
2: let me sum it up from all of us. Fuck that shit.
0: Fuck that shit.
2: Okay, I love it. Yeah, fuck that shit.
0: Here we go. Do we care, guys? We're going to make it fun the rest of the way. I promise that's all we have. If you stuck with us, thank you. If you fast-forwarded... We get it. We get it. All right, here <laughs> we go. here We're, we're going to start with Kevin Feige news. Why? Because Kevin Feige is very deserving.
2: He's our hero. We haven't heard from Kevin Feige in a while, so it's nice uh, to get a little... Some talking points and some, some info from it.
0: Here we go. Kevin Feige is going to be running a Star Wars project, right? Uh, rumors that Kevin Feige is going to run Star Wars. He is vehemently denying this. Okay. Um, we don't really have the specific project that he's working on. We don't know if it's a couple movies or it's a movie or a show, but we know that Kevin Feige is working on a specific project, and he has tapped the writer of his show, uh loki which is coming out on disney plus i believe in may is that right um he has the writer of loki um who's working with him now on this um it's uh don't know the guy's name sorry okay but yeah it's gonna be the same person um who's working on that who's gonna write his star wars project i think if it goes well or if star wars continues to fumble um feige will be brought in in a larger role with with uh uh, star wars but he said for now his number one priority is the mcu
2: i hope so okay fair enough uh so let's let's do a little math here who started iron man feige no john favreau oh yeah sure who's who's currently writing the mandalorian who would be the perfect who would be the perfect person to come in and help usher that along into multiple storylines with multiple, you know, different series and all of that stuff. Uh, Kevin Feige. I, I I don't understand how Disney could look at that, look at his track record and, and think like, you know what? We're going to go a different direction. We're going to give yeah. it to Colin Trevorrow. You know, it just uh, let Kevin Feige do Kevin Feige things to the Star Wars universe and we will, everyone will be in a thousand
0: percent. I got it. Sure. I got it. Um, it should just be that they they just uh, make it canon that Star Wars happened um, 10,000 years before uh, the time that we live in now. And it's in the same universe as the MCU, but they never overlapped. And then boom, <laughs> just in charge of all of it. It's the MSWCU.
1: I love this. And I've already thought how they do this. Did you guys know this? No, they have they have like this guy who's like he's an archaeologist character. Okay, this is his origin story. He's doing a dig somewhere in Guatemala. Let's call it. And what does he find? The ancient texts and a lightsaber that works. He doesn't understand what this is. He starts to look into it. He starts to learn the force. All of a sudden, Star Wars is back. And now we got a Jedi superhero in the MCU. You love it?
2: I love it. You know what what we could do? We could make it like a real like
1: Midwestern vibe. We could name him like um, like Indiana something. you know what i hope that kevin feige does i hope he completes phase two phase two get the can continue mcu
0: isn't it phase phase
1: five whatever the fuck it is but it's like the hard reboot at this point like we're really getting into new stuff finish this up but like would you ever want to see kevin feige take over and restart dc no why you don't like their characters you don't think it has the potential to be bigger and better than the mcu
0: um No, I think they're so far behind now, no.
1: Yeah, I know, but it would be a reset. It would be a true hard, forget all that, here we go, Kevin Feige's in charge now.
0: I think that the better thing would be if Disney just bought Batman and we just got rid of DC.
1: Well, is that that (laughs) big of a difference? Fine, that's fine. Get those characters and let's see what they can do. I want to see like a good Superman movie someday.
0: More Kevin Feige. Uh, I
1: I I think what we'll see though is whatever James
2: Gunn is doing with suicide squad two will hopefully be the future of the DC universe because where they're headed now is a bad place. And hopefully he gets a little, you know, the, the, uh, a soft reset of some of the characters and their, and the way that they operate and the way that the movies are shot. And then everyone says, now that's what we want. Mm -hmm. Do that moving forward. But we have some other news, so let's segue into that. Let's go. All
0: right, so other Feige news. According to Deadline, Kevin Feige confirms that T'Challa will not appear in Black Panther 2. Okay. Neither recast nor CGI.
1: So they're going to do some kind of announcement, some kind of scene, a heartbreaking scene, maybe with his sister where she comes back and says, this is what happened. And then they have a funeral scene. I mean.
0: Yeah, so the sequel... I'm a little
1: surprised by that.
0: sequel will be about exploring the characters and different subcultures of Wakanda. So I think that there are... My guess is that I'm placing my faith in Feige and Disney, that they will give us some really cool movie. Um, I have no doubts about what they will do with the Black Panther character in Wakanda. It's too important. They have too many plans for it um i'm really excited about where where they're headed with it but the way that they
2: the way that they treated black panther the first time with the utmost respect that they could Mm -hmm. i think that i I fully trust them to do a really good job
1: yeah me Um, too me too and it doesn't parts of it surprises me parts not obviously they weren't going to recast t'challa i didn't think they were going to do some ugly cgi fake thing it's too soon you know you can maybe do that with leia but um so I guess it doesn't surprise me, but I guess that's going to be a bunch of big surprises for us.
0: Sticking with Disney Plus, Black Widow is rumored to be releasing simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access.
1: Uh, the, so we pay $30? bucks. you
0: will pay the 30 bucks, or you'll see it. I in- pay it instantly. Instantly. But good news, mm-hmm. that we'll be doing both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Because that's coming out in like mid-May. And so if we're not going to theaters by then, which if we can go to theaters and it's safe, that's what I would do. Cause Ryan, you and I have our thing, baby.
0: Oh, Eric, you're always if I'm, back, if, I'm vaccinated, vaccinated, if I'm vaccinated, I'm going.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. But if not, dude, I'm, I'm either way. I'm seeing it day one.
0: All right. Uh, we got, we got, um, more Disney plus news with Marvel, um, run times of Disney plus shows. Okay. She Hulk, 30 minute episodes, 10 episodes. All right. Okay. Moon Knight which, with Oscar Isaac, 40 to 50 minute episodes, six episodes. Mm-hmm. Loki, 40 to 50 minute episodes, six episodes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 40 to 50 minute episodes, six episodes.
1: Okay. So six when episodes. I hear the 40 to 50 minute ones that are six episodes, to me that will go, that'll play out more like a movie. Mm-hmm. like a long movie broken up into pieces. Um and then the ones that are half an hour but longer episodes, that will feel a little bit more like a serial show. That's like a little bit more of a TV vibe like WandaVision is going to be, which is going to feel very much like a TV show from what I understand. Um it does say a lot uh the lo- runtimes are not long. They're Mandalorian level. So that's good though. You know, we don't need we need quality, not quantity with these things. So that's all good news. I'm excited about that.
0: All right. Uh, Marvel Legends came out. Jim, what Yeah. Out?
1: So, I mean, it was... As we were talking about all the new shows coming out, it was something we mentioned on, and it was like, you know, kind of explores the history of the characters and, and whatever. It turns out a bunch of people, more hardcore than us, apparently, thank God, um, stayed up till midnight to watch it. And it is like you guys remember when you were super excited for like your favorite TV show to come on? And then it was a clip show. Oh yeah. Do you guys remember clip shows where they like oh, literally I had to fill an hour? This Eric, this might even be before your time a little bit. And they would just take like, it'd be like two characters in room. And be like, do you remember the time? And then they'd play like a five minute clip from an old episode. And then they'd come back. haha boy, that was funny. And then this time, oh, I was, it was like the cheapest was, episode they could do.
0: I was trying to think of my favorite show clip show. It was like, um, Brooke Burke, she'd go to this bar for a while. <laughs> she'd ride a dolphin for a little bit, bikini shoot.
1: That's a, you know, the- that's, better. that's better. That's much, much better. Trust me.
0: Wild on E, a clip show. Um,
1: Island is not a clip show. Um, so it, it kind of sucks. I think we can move on because it's just like, don't go watch it. Marvel Legends ain't worth your time.
0: All right, sticking with the MCU, Deadpool 3 teased as a part of the MCU and rated. R.
1: Probably
0: most likely, Unconfirmed, but yeah,
1: I mean, it will be. I think it will be. Um, I don't think this is huge news. Um, we knew it was coming, it will be. I think it'll be great. I mean, I, I I don't know. I think we've covered this a little bit, but I it's gonna be R rated, which is cool. I mean, Disney has it maybe never had an R rated movie.
0: Um, I don't think so.
1: I don't know. But it's good news. I care. Care a lot. A
2: lot.
0: Ooh. Had, I don't know. I don't think they have. Rated Are you, R- you googling R- it? I'm trying to look it up. Um, <laughs> Down and out in Beverly Hills in 1986. Is the really,
1: a Disney the- produced R-rated movie, huh? Yeah. Okay.
0: Never um, heard of it. So more Disney Plus stuff. Gina Carano, this is just an interview with her. She's uh, the worst character in in, um, yeah, Mandalorian. And
1: maybe the worst person involved in production as well.
0: Yeah. So Gina Carano says Luke Skywalker's appearance in The Mandalorian wasn't in the script at all. Oh. Um, she and the other stars had no idea what was happening until Mark Hamill walked onto the set.
1: Hmm.
0: So it was a secret, even in the top secret Disney filming of the show.
1: That's smart. Yeah, don't tell her for sure. My favorite um,
0: part is though is that they <laughs> kept that a secret. Nothing slipped, and their biggest uh, reveal um, all happened without a blip. No one had any idea.
1: It's amazing. I mean, they were so worried that people were going to find out about Baby Yoda, um, and nobody did. And even even after it was released. I got to watch it with no fucking idea what was going to come out of that pod. And it was amazing. It was an amazing moment. I'll never forget it.
0: The thing about Baby Yoda is that they were so worried about people finding out about it that they didn't mm-hmm. even make the toys.
1: Right. Which is crazy for them because that's why they're doing all of this. It's for toys.
0: They it's not even for us. It's for the kids, yo. They didn't even have toys ready to go because they were worried that people would see the toys and it would spoil the first episode. And guess Well, what? that's how many really, really spoilers. spoilers
2: get get ruined for Star Wars, of like new characters, because they, you know, send the specs of the, you know, their outfits and things like that to the companies that make them, China, yeah, uh, you know, other other places. Then those get leaked online, and then they're like, oh, this character from this book or you know whatever is going to be appearing. So that's well, awesome. I've
1: already literally gone in and seen all the character designs from the Eternals. Cause I'm nerdy like that. And I wanted to see them and I've seen the toys. They look cool.
0: Um, all right. Sticking with, uh, more things we care about Wanda vision coming out this Friday. We're super excited about it. And the earlier views have been good, right?
1: Yeah. So, you know, they do these like social media reviews where they end this, they send out three episodes is which they, they did here to a certain amount of reviewers. And someday I will be on this list, but it ain't yet. Um, and they get to they get to watch the three and then do non-specific social media reviews. They do not even get to write out a full review, right? So this is where we're at. And they're positive. They're really positive. Um, the show is unique, unexpected, off the wall. Really, at least in the first three, leans into that episode's theme, which we've talked about. How they go back to different golden eras of television for the theme of the episode. And then when they break from that to show what's actually happening in the real world where Wanda, you know, gets some input that doesn't match up with her, like, skewed magical worldview she's created, her reality, those are very jarring and very effective, you know, because they've really dove into this is Leave It to Beaver. And now this is, uh, you know, I Dream of Jeannie. Um, I am excited. I I don't want to get too excited because sometimes these earlier views can lean positive the people that get these episodes want to hold on oh. to them. yeah wonder woman exactly when we were like hey early reviews for wonder woman now we're more excited and then we watched it but i you know i have way more faith always in marvel than i do in dc and i i'm psych man i think it's going to be good so people have only seen 3 but they really like them
0: good um all right other news um well, real quick real quick on
2: WandaVision. Uh just to chime in, they're gonna be releasing the first two episodes for the premiere. So we're yeah. gonna get two episodes right out of the gate and it's gonna be a nine episode first season. Can't wait.
1: I'm watching both all, on Friday. All positive things. Yeah, exactly.
0: Can't wait. All right, guys, Few other things. Um we've found out that uh Uh, who the new Batman is going to be. It's not going to be Ben Affleck as he's left. It's going to be Michael Keaton reprising the role that he did in the nineties as the main Batman in the MCU. Uh, I always thought it was, I'm sorry, not the MCU in DC universe. I always thought Mm -hmm. it was pretty weird that DC started their universe with an old out of shape, washed up Batman.
1: Like way back in the day?
0: Um, No. Like when Ben Affleck took over.
1: Yes. Right, right, right. Well, how they have, you know, they even had Ben Affleck, who's an older guy, and he wasn't old enough. They had to give him gray hair and stuff. Like, what a stupid fucking idea. And now they're they're doubled into that. So, like, might as well just bring back Michael Keaton. Oh. These aren't the movies we're excited for. You know what I mean? Like, his role, he maybe gets one more movie in, like, a role in The Flash. He's going to be in that because it's bringing in the other characters. Um, maybe he gets a movie... Kind of like he, maybe he ends up doing like The Dark Knight Returns or whatever, like you were referencing earlier, I
0: don't know like
1: Octopod. The but they're really hoping Pattinson. This thing works out with Pattinson, and he's
0: Pattinson the only the one I just want to see more Pattinson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why
0: are they even?
2: Why are they doing this? Because they already have good movies, and they're
0: so scared everything
1: sucks, and they're afraid to even try to rewrite stuff. Um that they're just going to stick with their plan and and cast somebody else and keep going.
0: Down on stupid.
2: We yeah. have we have two different Batman's coming at some point and then, like why? And
1: I, I just don't I don't I don't get any of the decisions. Yet, and then like, well, Marvel has five different Spider Mans coming and you're cool with that.
0: Yeah, but they've built that story forever and they're gonna exactly be the and it's going to be awesome. Um, and it was
1: Sony. It was Sony for the longest time.
2: Like I'm saying, we're going to have a Michael Keaton Batman and a Robert Pattinson Batman in relatively close proximity. That that mm-hmm. would be like them being uh, having Tom Holland do a Spider the next Spider Man. Uh, also, Tobey Maguire has one coming out mm-hmm. seven months later. Like that doesn't make any sense.
0: And they it kind of did with Miles Morales. Yeah. To the but that's
2: completely—that's completely different, though, and that was animated, and they were going in a completely different direction.
0: It was all part of their Spider Verse,
2: right? Exactly. That—that that all made sense. This—this this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I don't see
1: how they're going to either. So.
0: Agreed. All right, guys. A few other things. Um, Master of None season three is filming now.
1: Psyched. One of my favorite shows. Season one. In London. Good. Season two. Fan fucking Love it. A season. Sorry. He needs to come back and be a part of my life once again,
2: Eric. This is adding a new wrinkle to you. This is London. This is your second home. This is your like this. It's your roots.
0: I think the show is pretty good. That's it, huh? Yeah.
2: Pretty what if good. he's at like Borough Market and he's an Arsenal fan? Like this might be your favorite show of all time.
0: I'll be pumped, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 kind of like Atlanta. Like I don't think it's meant to be, um enjoyable always mm-hmm. yeah oh so it's good but like sometimes like the how boring an episode is is part of its genius yeah. yeah
1: so sometimes they really are going for just poignant yeah they just want it to be poignant and make you think which is cool too but i feel like master of none none does it's a little funnier it's a little funnier overall than some of the other ones dave dave nailed it dave's perfect but you know not everybody's dave
0: all right, guys, last one, 2021. Finally, the year of Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Not one, not two, not three, but four Hans Zimmer movies in 2021.
1: Can you list them off? Do you have them in front of you? I
0: have them. Can you name any of them?
1: Uh well, Wonder Woman. No. 1984. No. Oh. That's 2020. Oh, okay. Um Oh, 2020? D- no, I can't name him. I don't know. Uh he's oh no no wait. No no wait. He's gonna do um did he do Dune?
0: Dune, yes, that's one Oh
1: gonna. he likes Warner Brothers. Okay. Yeah. Um okay, that's all I got. Go ahead.
0: He's doing Space Jam, a New Legacy. Stupid. Dune, Top Gun Maverick, and Bond, No Time to Die.
1: Oh, yes. Ooh. Good, good, good. Yeah. Two two of four there. Yep. You know, we are going to get into a new rewatch segment this week, and I believe Hans Zimmer did the music for that, and it was amazing. Huge part of the movie. I love Hans. Uh, John Williams, number one. Hans fighting for number two, right there.
0: Let's see, Hans. If, in twenty
2: years, it'll be Hans because he'll have the, he'll have the same amount of time as I mean, John Williams has been producing movie music since. The sixties.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: All right. uh, Moving on to hot wrecks real quick one this week. A lot of our shows have ended. um, But uh, Jim, you watched the history of swearing. What'd you think?
1: I watched one episode, Nick cage hosting. Um, It's pretty entertaining. I don't think this is like a, like a strong wreck for me, but it's very like easy to watch. It's kind of like very, it's very casual. It's kind of like drunk history. If you guys remember that show, Mm-hmm.
0: History so, much. so
1: they kind of bring in you know actual historians to say hey you know the lexicon like the first episode what do you guys think the first episode it would be in history of swearing
0: um
1: what word is it it's a one-word answer here guys i'm looking uh, for it. it's not that hard shit. what's the best Far- word fuck. fuck ryan got it so they start with the best word and you know it's funny and they bring in like you know comedians and And all this shit. Ultimately, I don't know if it's quite as good as it could have been. Um, The history part is interesting. I'm going to watch probably one more at some point when I'm bored. It's not a real hard wreck, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, History of swearing is like a C plus B minus. Go. What else is up?
0: All right. uh, Ryan, you watched Tiger Woods documentary on uh, HBO Max.
2: It's unbelievable.
0: What? I mean, I I,
2: I talked about this in the. the, the sports cast when I asked who was bigger, Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan. And this documentary so far, it, it hasn't delved into any of the, the stuff, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just sort of chronicles Tiger Woods' upbringing, how much golf was a part of his life, how much golf was forced on him as a part of his life by mm-hmm. his dad and then how successful he became like his dad is insane like earl is bonkers like he said tiger is going to be the next gandhi and he's gonna be more important than gandhi and he's gonna bridge all these racial gaps in society and all this stuff like i mean he was off his fucking rocker like mm. gone but the accolades and the performance that tiger put in in the early 2000s are unmatched in any other sport like if you want to compare it like we eric mentioned on a sport he did more for the sport of golf that was absolutely dead in the water dead. to to elevate it to a whole another level to the point where like tiger's fame was unprecedented and like there were you know golf pros that were they only they, like they were intimidated to play with him, and it's it's a it's a really cool look into someone who went from nothing, and then he was a really good college golfer and won like the amateur championships, and then all of a sudden he wins the Masters like the next year, and it's off and running from that point. It's it's really interesting. I know you know Jim, you're not a huge uh, golf person. It doesn't like golf has a little bit to do with it. And that's kind of the overarching theme, but it's more about like the relationship with his dad, um, his parents made him write like a, like they made him break up with his high school girlfriend because they thought she was going to be a drag on his golf game performance. And they made him write this letter to her and she never got to talk to him. Like, it's a really interesting thing of all behind the scenes. And then the final scene is a tease for what's to come. And they're going to start delving into, um, you know, Tiger's quote-unquote, like you know, downfall. So okay. it's a it's a it's a really good important uh, look into someone who had his image so protected by corporate sponsorships that all of these things never came out until they came out, and then we got a waterfall, right? So they sort of peel back the the onion layer by layer, and you get a, a, a different look into the history of Tiger
1: woods. And I think it's incredibly interesting and well done. All right. I'm going to watch it. And Ryan, one thing you touched on, I think that sometimes somebody that isn't a huge fan of the sport gets more from the sports documentary because I'm going to think those parts are interesting. Whereas you're like, well, I know that stuff. Like, let's get into this. Like, it's all going to be interesting to me. So I'm because all know, I'm going to watch you're, it. You're
2: not, you're not being forced to watch an entire golf tournament. You get the highlights. Which are all the, the highlights,
1: cool but also highlights that I may have never seen where you're like, yeah, I remember that. That was an amazing shot. I'll be like, holy fuck, you know, so I'm into it, man. I'm going to watch it. It'll probably give me, uh, you know, a new appreciation for Tiger. Maybe not for golf. The, the first episode is an hour and a half. So buckle sure. up. I think it's, right. I
2: think it's a four part
1: series. It's
2: a good thing. They and let you watch it
1: in two parts if you want. That's nice. I have a pause. So, yeah, you do for sure.
0: All right, guys, it's time to move on to our newest rewatch series, um, which has the very uh, easy rolling off the tongue name of you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the rewatch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. I can't wait to hear you say it two more times.
0: Um, all right, guys. So we are watching the Christopher Nolan Batman Dark Knight trilogy. Um this is um, the reason that we watch superhero movies? Yeah. That's
1: fair, I think.
0: I mean, this changed what a superhero movie could be. It uh, changed how we thought of superheroes. It made their story seem, I don't want to say dark because it was the Dark Knight trilogy, but darker and grittier. And uh, I think that the first one is the least famous of the three um but which is a true origin story of batman and origin stories i've watched many of them and many of them are boring because it spends so much time on this the human part and the tortured soul part and it doesn't spend enough time on action and i'm not even Mm -hmm. saying i need all action but when there's no action for the first like 90 minutes and then there's like 15 rushed minutes of action it's not always good and this movie was so well paced that it didn't feel that way to me at any time, so let's get started with it. I'll do my best. You guys need to help me because there's a lot going on in this movie. But it starts out with um, what's the, what's the title of this? There, this is Batman Begins. I'm sorry, everyone. First movie, Batman Begins. Um, it starts out with Bruce Wayne in some kind of East Asian prison camp. Fair. Um, he is
1: Mongolia, is this Mongolia or something?
0: Um, whatever,
1: I, East Asian, what Asian.
0: What you want it to be, but some East Asian mountainous, you know, probably Western China, something like that. Okay. Um, so they are in these, they're in this prison and he is uh, the, the big bad of the prison, um, fighting everyone, destroying groups of God. Uh, at one point there's a famous line where they take him out and they need to put him into solitary confinement. And he said, I don't need protection. And they're like, no, we need to protect them from you. Um, so
1: yeah, which yeah. Watchmen then stole not long after that with their line from <laughs> "I'm not, I'm not locked in here with you.
0: You're locked in here with me." It's like yeah, that's it sounded cool both times. It's good, it's good. So in this, uh, you get an appearance from a mysterious, um, what's his name? Liam Neeson? Neeson.
1: Yeah, Liam Neeson comes in with a cool suit, claiming not to be Raz al Ghul, but speaking for Raz al Ghul.
0: Yes. And he wants to bring him, he wants to challenge him to find what he's really looking for, to climb this mountain with a blue flower and, uh, discover what he, his real purpose is in life. Uh, and so he goes there and he trains with Raz al Ghul and the league of shadows, um, as they do the most intense training. And I found myself so interested in every bit of that training. Just every scene with the two of them, where he's learning from Liam Neeson, was so fun to me. Um, You see all of this, like um, kind of like Japanese. Maybe it's there in Japan, by the way. Um, But no, you don't think so.
1: No, I don't think they want.
0: It's like Shogun Batman, though. You know, like it is. Like it is like Shogun Ronin. It is. It
2: is a little samurai-ish in that regard. Yeah.
0: And so you get this I, I would
2: say, I would say that they pulled influence from a lot of Asian culture for this
0: uh, yeah and so you get you get this amazing scene where there's all this training and you learn the art of deception and you learn to make your your opponent fear you and to think you are more than man and I really liked this whole beginning I, I found myself glued to the screen at this part
2: well it's very apropos for what Batman became you know. especially like not necessarily in the movies but also in the comics where um you had scenes of uh you know criminals out and about but then that the the light of you know uh, jim gordon's uh spotlight with batman in the sky and all of a sudden they get spooked like oh batman's gonna be looking for us i'm i'm out of here so that that that's a very uh uh poignant foreshadowing of what the Batman character is going to become
0: Mm -hmm.
2: in due time.
0: You guys are right in the Himalayas. So somewhere in Southeast to East Asia.
1: So I thought all this worked. Um, One of the reasons I liked it is because it got some action into the movie in a time when... You would normally sort of just be like, you know, maybe a kid. Like, you know, a lot of these origin stories start as kids. This they did, they started mostly, the, although the very first scene was him falling down the well with the bats, okay? And then they go right into him as, a, as this guy in the, the you know, prison. Um, and then they did the rest of his childhood stuff with Martha and his dad dying as flashbacks, which I thought was more successful than just doing it totally linear. Mm-hmm. Um, and they introduced right away these themes of, of fear and how that can hold you back and how it can be a tool for the righteous. Um I don't know how all of it works in the end in a day when I think people are a little bit more woke about, you know, sometimes people that are committing crimes are in a place of desperation and just scaring them out of doing the crime just makes them maybe die of hunger or something, you know, unless you're helping them in other ways. Um, but you know, it, it, it stuck with the themes and it started them early, which I really did like. And Liam Neeson is cool as fuck. I don't know what happened to his career because he was awesome.
0: He's great, and he's great in this movie. Uh, yes. So eventually he has a great fight scene um, with the League of Shadows. The whole scene where they are moving in and out, uh, and he's got to like hide within the League of Shadows was so cool. Loved that whole scene. It's
1: worked perfectly. The f- I will say this. The climax of this scene, somebody took... Chris Nolan was like, "I want to do some big explosions," and they're like, "Well, how the fuck are we going to do that in this like little mountain, you know, chateau fucking place?" And I guess they they figured, okay, we got some gunpowder. The explosions were over the top and super silly for me at this point. The fact that like everything was blowing up, like it's it's like a little mountain hut, dude. I don't know what's blowing well, up. But... I think
0: they were just
2: yeah. And that and... okay. So if you don't think logically about like how much gunpowder there was. I think it was just a, a way for Nolan to show that Bruce Wayne had destroyed the house of Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he, escapes.
1: he escapes. He escapes. He does save, um, uh, I guess, we don't know what his character's name at that point was. But, it you know, he turns out to be Ra's al Ghul in the end. He saves him.
2: Dukant or something like
1: that. or Dukand. Yeah, right.
0: And, and I don't think he was Ra's al Ghul then.
1: Yeah, he was the whole time. You think so? Yep, because he's that's yep. yeah, all, all part of the deception,
2: Eric. Is that they made the Ken Watanabe who plays the you know shaman looking monk guy with the Fu Manchu is like uh, a Padme, Padme Amidala's uh, you know
1: extra or even, you know or even right, better. He's color. a Mandarin from uh, Iron Man Three, essentially.
0: There you go. So eventually Bruce goes back uh, and t- picks up his role after being gone and thought dead for seven years or something like that. Um, Michael Caine tears this movie up too.
1: Literally the heart and soul of the movie. He is so good. He might be the reason this movie is so good.
0: I think he's the reason that the trilogy is so good. Like his, I think you might be right. His connection to Bruce um, makes Bruce a human character and It's, it's the, you know, only through Rachel and, and Alfred, is he really connected to anything in an emotional way through Mm -hmm. these movies. And so I think that Michael Caine is critical to this whole thing. He's funny. He's emotional. He's a father figure. He is a partner in crime. He's all of it. And he's just so freaking good. He's the
1: best Alfred of all time. And some of his best scenes are coming up in the next movie, which I can't wait for.
0: Oh, love it. So um, I will say this too. I like um, this version of Rachel a lot better.
1: I, I liked her too. Uh, You know, in, in looking back, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. People have given Kate Holmes, Katie Holmes so much shit just in general for being a, you know, trash actor and all these things. And I didn't really hate her in this movie. I don't think she was written very well. She maybe didn't have like a lot to to, to do, um, but I didn't think she was bad.
0: I like her in this. I like her better. And I think that if she wouldn't have dumped Tom Cruise, that all of the crazy Scientologists who run uh, <laughs> Hollywood wouldn't have booted her, around for her career.
2: Wait, wait so where, where, are the, where are the Scientologists on the anti-Trump uh, spectrum? Just curious. Are they anti-
1: yeah, where they at?
0: Um, do they stand in the way of of uh, real patriots and 1776 happening again? Oh, I don't know. That's
1: the question. I don't know.
0: That's where I'm. That's what I'm curious. Where they can really, really fit
1: into the picture? I think is what we need to address.
0: Um, so Katie Holmes though was really good in this. Um, maybe her character wasn't always. I uh, didn't always have the most depth. But uh, one thing I noticed about this whole thing was that Chris Nolan asked for a lot of do overs after movie one. Yeah, Falcone is replaced. Rachel is replaced. Um, okay, after movie one, those are some kind of critical characters to this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I always going to be a to that
1: because they re, they recast him,
2: huh?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Well, what's also weird is that like in the Dark Knight, and, and I'm not trying to go into that movie, but Rachel had someone to play off, and that was that was Harvey. In this movie, she's kind of on an island yeah. because the like the main DA guy is worthless and mostly just kind of a sideshow like and that was intentional um because they wanted to showcase rachel but i feel like she was just like it was almost like pitted against bruce wayne in a way that was kind of unfair yeah um i i think that just sort of did that character a disservice but i think nolan realized that and realized that the character had a lot of potential and so maybe katie holmes was like i've got other things you know i don't have time for this or "I, I, i don't know what happened um, with the casting of that, but I think he realized that, that there was a lot more potential for that character than than what he gave it in the first one.
1: And I don't want to predict, but I feel like that she was written better in the second one and maybe performed worse by Maggie Gyllenhaal. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, I just know that when he first goes down in the cave and he's not, af- I'm not afraid anymore and the bats are flying around him. I was like, and the Zimmer music drops, I was like, dude, this is fucking Batman, yeah. man. This is fucking it. I was loving that part.
0: So you get through a lot of it, and I love, I mean, like, everyone always is like, is Christian Bale the best Batman? You don't play Batman. You play Bruce Wayne. And he is the mm-hmm. best Bruce Wayne by some distance.
1: Michael Keaton was a fantastic Bruce Wayne, in my opinion. Yeah. He's still my favorite Batman, but whatever.
0: He is such a playboy billionaire. And like Bruce Wayne being, you know, Christian Bale being this just asshole, you know, all the time. is just so freaking good. Telling all the freeloaders to get out of his party. That really was crazy.
1: like, that was like the cringe factor was unbelievable in that scene. I loved it.
0: But he's being such a hero in that moment, too. You know? Right. Um, a, s-
1: a total self-sacrificial thing is just awesome.
0: Uh, you have the moment...
1: How did you guys like? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, you go.
0: Swimming in the pool at the the hotel. You know he's just so good in all of those moments.
1: The hotel. What fuck you with my money, whatever. How did you guys think that um, the tech? Did you guys think the tech was cool? Did you buy it? Did you think it was too convenient? Did you did you think it was fun? I I went back and forth until they brought out the Tumblr, and then I was like. This is iconic. I mean, how in, much? You guys
2: talk about. You uh, Sorry, you guys talked about um, Michael Caine. I think Morgan Freeman deserves a, a, a standing ovation for what he brought to Mr. Fox's character, mm-hmm. in that he had all the answers. I mean, he's he's basically you know Q from James Bond in right. a way. But he has that, like, suave, very smooth, level-headed delivery that makes you think, like, everything that Mr. Fox can do is believable. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, we have this other technology from way back in. Oh, yeah, we shorter 10,000 of them, so we uh, we don't set off any alarm bells, you know, and that kind of thing. Like I, I just thought when discovering all of the technology that Batman was eventually going to utilize, Morgan Freeman was like a pivotal role to play that person
1: i thought it was a good although all of it is outlandish right and in most most instances if bruce wayne is the one developing it in his like you know cave that's stupid that doesn't work um this to me felt at least more natural why you'd have the best tech love the james bond reference by the way because then you got alfred who's m and you got um you know vespa was as rachel i mean it all kind of works
0: okay so uh also i would say that you get deeper into this thing and he starts having these fights he starts being the batman for the first time he starts using the tech for the first time he starts being in these fights and they don't always go well mm-hmm. eventually he runs into the scarecrow who's played by
1: silly Murphy. silly Murphy.
0: And, oh, i love him i think, Actually, I think it's.
2: I think it's Killian Murphy, but
0: I love it doesn't matter. He is great. He's so creepy and eerie. He can't even help it. That's just who he is. He's perfect in this role. I love the character. He's such a weak villain, but he's the perfect foil for early Batman, who also is just finding his own way. He literally lights him on fire with gasoline at one point. I mean, this stuff is really good early on, I think. Um, the scarecrow is terrifying.
1: Mm-hmm. You- I loved all the the you know they did a lot of really wacky, scary CGI stuff, um, and it was really cool. I think it was really memorable. I think it was fun. You know they have this kind of hallucinogenic gas um, drug that the scarecrow uses that he brings into the story. Mostly, it's an organized crime story, as is the entire story of Gotham. The entire story of of this trilogy is going to be. Um, but him bringing in the angle of this, you know, hallucinogenic panic drug is wild. It's fun.
0: Alcony well, and Scarecrow are your villains for like eighty-five percent of the movie. Yep. Late in the movie, Razagul shows up at his party, burns the house down, leaves him for dead with the League of Shadows, and they have been working with the, the Scarecrow the whole time. Mm-hmm. Their drug, and they are hellbent on destroying Gotham. Now I think this is where the movie takes a turn for the worse. I would agree.
1: Okay. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm here with you.
0: Like the first like 85% of the movie was like a 98. And I think the last 15% of the movie is like a 70.
2: Okay. Well, I think once they once they introduce the uh, the water vaporizer that's when it started to get you started to get those vibes of like oh this is the batman from mr freeze and you know like like back in the day with it like the super comic booky silly stuff oh like
1: you hear like when you finally understand what the master villain plan is you're like well that's stupid
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah they're they're pouring this stuff into the water and then they're gonna vaporize the water
0: and then it, and it, just,
2: it just it just became a little silly.
0: And then and then you had the this just terrible scene where like the villains were like walking through the fog and they were like gonna rape Rachel maybe. Yeah. Or the kid who was Joffrey. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, I, nowhere. It's like they like walked through the fog, unfazed. Like they were like a kid and a girl. Let's rape them or something. I don't know. Yeah. That whole scene, I was like, oh, I don't like. This is not working.
1: And some of the stuff too. Like I, I had, I lost a little track of how big Gotham is, where this is happening, where the characters are, how he can jump a river, and he shows up right next to Commissioner Gordon um you know that's really hard to do is plot out an action scene so like the, the the viewer can follow along where everybody is and where they are you know how quickly they can move you know how big a distance is between people and i think we lost a little of that in this scene
0: i will say
2: especially sorry in that same vein
1: especially when they're like lock down the island and i'm like what island mm-hmm like, well, I mean, I well, get like, that there's is like, an that island, and only later did I find out only the Narrows is an island, part of a bigger city. I had no idea. So. Right, and and
2: that was part of like you know the whole Arkham you know plot, but at the same time, it was just sort of like I know Gotham has some like New York qualities and Chicago qualities, but you got to kind of pick a lane, and this one felt like they're like locked down the island, and then there was like oh, one bridge goes up. Like, okay, that, that, that doesn't make any
1: sense. Yeah, And then, you know, a couple times, even Ra's al Ghul said, you know, well, we're going to take down, we've always taken down the greatest city in the world, the biggest, greatest cities. And I'm like, well, what about Metropolis? What about these other ones, you know, that should exist in this world? And they're saying Gotham is the greatest city in the world. So I, uh, some of that wasn't very well planned out.
0: Yeah. Um, also as much as I cared about Liam Neeson's character, even though he was gone for most of the movie, I just didn't really buy the final scene, the final fight scene mm-hmm. with him on the train. I don't know. It just, it just didn't seem like the ending that that movie deserved.
2: You know, it, it felt, it felt silly in the sense of he was so much better than him for so long. And Theoretically, Ra's al Ghul's skills did not deteriorate in the year that he was off camera, but then Batman is like innumerably smarter after like four fights yeah. in Gotham. Yeah. Like that, that, that that never you know passed the eye test for me.
0: No, oh, I agree. Um, all right, guys. So overall, thoughts on the movie?
1: Um, I think it had oh, a oh, couple oh, sorry, too many, sorry, I'm sorry. It had a couple too many endings. It had the weird ending where they're standing in the, in like the, the burnt out ruins and you get a really horrible scene with Katie Holmes where she kisses him. And then she says, actually, psych, I don't want to be with you because now you're Batman and not Wayne. But then you get a very cool ending with him and Jim Gordon where they tease the Joker. I and I love that. I said, hell yeah, we're going to have fun with these movies. And little did we know I how good it was going to get.
0: I was so excited at that part. It saved the end of the movie for me. I was oh. like, oh, I forgot they teased it with the Joker card. The calling card was just a Joker card. What an exciting moment. If that happened now, if they were telling that story now, people would lose their shit in theater in that post credit. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't. It was a post-credit scene, wasn't it? Without it, really, like Without it was a- the first post-credit scene. It was just the last scene.
0: It was the last. It wasn't after the credits, but it was a post-credit scene. Hey, yep. what are we gonna do now? I don't know. What about this guy? He's leaving this card around, the Joker card, and you're like, oh, beautiful. My God.
1: Here you're comes God. Thanos, baby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think overall, this was a great movie. The series is great. Uh, it's like it's like everything that's really good to watch, though. Um, the best things you're the most critical of you know and so i found myself being critical but also thinking like this is still better than almost any superhero movie and most movies that i've seen i mean this and not only, that, not only that
2: not only that it was shot in 2005 i mean yeah. think about how long ago that was like like realistically this movie would pass for the most part today and this was before the prestige before inception interstellar like everything chris nolan did i mean really he hadn't done hardly any movies to that point i mean he did memento and then oh what was that other uh stupid al pacino movie where he was in alaska uh uh insomnia
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: and okay who, who remembers that movie but like this was like his first like big budget huge production film and though it has flaws um not only did he learn from his mistakes he improved everything about the way he did filmmaking significantly leading into the next movie which is the
1: dark knight yeah and the movie was shot really well you, you could tell this dude had fucking talent um right from the jump i dude i, I really loved it i think for me let's, should we do rotten tomato scores for it yeah okay i'm gonna give it an 88
0: I was right there with you. I'm going
1: to go 89. Okay.
2: I'm going to go just a little bit lower. Like some of the things I thought were that were flawed. I'm looking at it from a critical eye of now. And I would say it's about an 85. So I'm right there with you guys. Um, It's definitely fresh. It's definitely entertaining. It's definitely a lot of fun. Um, But I think given what happens in the next film, uh, it's hard to score this one near the 90s when we know what's coming.
1: It was a little long. It was a little bit long.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think it's going to be hard to score the third one after the second one. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. I mean, I think I like just knowing what I know about this series, um, one and three are really freaking good. And it's just a shame that both of them had to be right before and after two, which is just yeah. amazing. So this week, they were the bread. this week's going to be fun. Guys, watch it with us The Dark Knight, one of the best movies ever. We know you've seen it but it's a great time to re-up your Dark Knight watching um, with us. So let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, we'll all watch it together. We'll give you something to do this week. Uh, I know that sounds like, uh, I know you like to pretend you have a lot to do, but you don't.
2: I will say <laughs> this. Make sure, like, the opening scene for the Dark Knight reminds me so much of Tenet. And I know they're completely different films and and shot, you know, 12 years apart. But like just bringing you into the action right away is a Nolan staple. And I feel like The Dark Knight has one of the best opening sequences in film maybe ever.
1: Yeah, can't wait.
0: We'll talk about it next week. But I think when I left The Dark Knight, like in theaters... I'm, I'm pretty sure I was like, that was the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we're going to move on to the last part of our uh, podcast this week. Um, we are going to go back to Northeast Rates. We've been gone for a few weeks. We let you guys refresh some of your topics, so we're going to speed through a few things here. We're going to start out uh, Northeast Rates 1 to 100, where you guys give us something. These are your guys' things. These aren't us. This is you guys giving us your things you want us to rate, and we give a score one out of 100. We have to argue our, our score. We're going to start out. Um, Trump uh, is kicked off of Twitter. <laughs>
1: um, I'm going to give it – okay, can I start? I'm going to give it a 96. And here's why. Uh, it might prevent a lot of horrible bloodshed in the country that's a good thing. It's a ninety-six.
0: I was gonna say ninety-six as well, to be honest with you. And it's not as good as coffee or a few other things, but it's. Great. Yeah, right. And there's just the like. I know there's a important reason to it, but like just the perceived pettiness of it also like brings.
1: <laughs> well, it was gonna be a ninety-five for the. <laughs> it gets the one point for the pettiness, yeah, and like, that's the
0: pettiness of like how mad he must be about it. Like makes me laugh.
2: Yeah, I, I love it. I'm am I'm going 96-2. Let's make it a family a family uh, score. Uh, Trump has nothing to do while he takes his four poops a day with no Twitter.
1: Um, love that. That's what unity is all about, and that's where this country's headed is towards unity. Let's go.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of, of people who are not unified, um, Johnny Bananas from the Challenge, famous the Challenge personality Johnny Bananas. I have been rewatching. Numerous seasons, like like a decade worth of challenge. It is my new favorite show. I love yep. it. I'm obsessed with it. Um, it is the best reality competition because it it is like the drama of like uh, MTV reality show meets um, roided up athletes doing really intense challenges. And Johnny Bananas is the greatest competitor of all time, winning really seven challenges.
1: What about Wes? What about... um?
0: Wes has like two. Johnny Bananas has seven.
1: Okay, but what about that other guy?
0: Um, Darrell? CT? No. Durrell has four. He has two.
1: Oh, he only has two, and I was thinking about him, yeah.
0: Johnny Bananas has seven. Okay. And he's the most political guy. He dominates the game with his brain. He's the best. I love Johnny Bananas. Really and truly, I'm voting for the challenge. I understand it's trashy reality TV, but get off your high horses, everyone! Reality TV is trashy. All reality TV. There isn't a non-trashy reality TV show. They all. You ever are. seen Top Chef? I love Top Chef so much. Trash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me list this off here. Johnny Bananas was the winner of The
0: Island the ruins whoa, whoa, whoa. rivals don't spoil it all. Adel- Wait, wait, wait! he's doing a rewatch Slow I mean, down. It. don't blow them all he's won seven of them though and he's the best i thought you've seen all this sorry jesus i'm still in the rewatch i'm on season 31 right now it's getting oh. <laughs> well, i haven't watched 31 seasons i started at 24
1: oh that's good okay jesus christ that's a point,
0: point i started at so i haven't watched
1: wow it. but it's great well
2: sorry, sorry eric I didn't, I didn't mean to ruin that for you but jesus christ the guy's resume kind of speaks for himself i have not watched johnny bananas in anything since like 2008 you know it's powder so let's go 75 um only because he's dominant but i haven't seen enough to really give him a proper rating that's good
1: okay um i'm gonna go ahead and give him a, a positive rating This is a very positive rating for what he is and who he is and what he does. And it's a 60.
0: That's fair. That's fair. He's above
1: average. He's Look, I'm comparing this to everything in the world.
0: He's a snake, but he's also so funny. And he gives a toast to start every season. And somehow it seems like it's off the top of his head, but it also seems like he might have prepared it for like seven months. Um, (laughs) Love Johnny Banana. Total snake. He's a reality TV star. I'm going 78 for the GOAT. That's strong. All right. Uh, number three, we're going with uh, nasal spray. Don't know why someone wanted us to rate nasal spray, but we will.
1: It literally came in as a suggestion, and we respect our our followers and our listeners. Nasal spray. I think it's worthless, right? doesn't work at all, right?
0: I'm not sure it works at all. I'm going to go nasal spray. In my mind, it works. It's a placebo effect. Placebo effect 56.
1: Wow, that's a positive I'm going to go with 42 because I don't think it fucking works and it's uncomfortable.
0: Placebo effect.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> can so they just give remember. me like a
1: hymn to like a chant to perform to do the placebo? Like this chant works every time, baby. I would. And I don't have any like, oh, oh, oh shit coming out of my nose. It's drippy in my mustache. Don't you spray essential oils in your nose? Like every normal Karen
2: yeah, um, and I put
1: a fucking crystal in my butt, and then I like you know do some like
0: burning okay, uh, well, some sage. I'm gonna gonna go. I need to return now the crystal you lent. Now
2: me. you're just being silly. Um, yeah, uh, there was one time where I had to use um, a nasal spray that was like uh, paired with a steroid that Ooh. that actually like helped some like uh, really bad like nasal inflammation, like sinus inflammation that I had. Okay. So that did work. But I think all of this other crap that's just like, oh, yeah, just spray this up here and your cold will go away magically. That's all garbage. Right. Like, if you get a prescription level, you know, kind of nasal spray that you can get like super addicted to, which some people do,
0: um, that stuff works. So uh,
2: overall, I couldn't care less. 60.
0: For something okay. you care about less, you went for like a minute and 15 seconds. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> winter sports. Um, I don't know why you, you want to take this. You want to take it as hockey and basketball, or you want to take it as like snowboarding, skiing, ice skating? I'm gonna take it as those, the second group, and I okay. say winter sucks, summer's way better. Um, winter sports 48.
1: Oh, Eric. That's a re- that's by the time we're done talking, you're going to regret your score. It's one of those. You
0: have cold to do it. It's not that
1: fun. Who gives a fuck? It's sports. It's something to do. You live in Minnesota. I don't think you have any plans to, to really move. You're year? here.
0: And you were like, this is fun.
1: Buddy, it's something to do. And guess what? You don't have to do it. You can also watch it.
0: You go, you go hockey. And you're like, this is fun for like the first lap. And then by the third lap, you're like... My ankle muscles are really weak, and they hurt. Buddy,
1: you gave it a a below fifty score, and I think that's what you're going to regret about this. I think that it is a nice thing; people enjoy it. I don't like it. I don't care. I don't do any sports. It's not like, oh, I love, I love playing with summer sports, bro. I don't like the winter sports. I don't do any sports. I don't give a fuck. It's about watching it. It's about the idea of other people doing it. It to me, it's a positive thing. It's a seventy two
0: Sk- ice skating or tubing
1: ice skating tubing i'll actually get hurt ice skating my butt oh, might be a little right.
0: sore. gosh tubing way better
1: tubing is gonna I'll, i will get hurt tubing i promise you
0: all right ryan break the tie. are
1: you saying tubing as in like tubing down a snow hill or like yes. tubing on water
0: Tubing behind a boat
1: Oh, I'll get her doing both. I thought you were talking about the down the hill though, which is too <laughs> scary.
0: Summer versus winter, tubing behind a boat, ice skating.
1: I'll get. Apparently, I can get her doing both.
2: Well, Jimbo's just a piece of glass. Okay, so um, yeah. Eric, I think you're being unfairly harsh. I don't. I don't think your. I don't think your take is you normally refer- your take. Pretty. Normally, your takes are pretty good. I gotta completely disagree with this one. You as a kid went sledding, you did, you built the ramps, you did all the fun stuff. Uh, maybe cross country skiing isn't for you. Maybe downhill skiing isn't for you, but like if you lived in Colorado, I guarantee you would be a skier or a snowboarder or something like that. I think it just depends. Like we don't have the access to all of the, the greatness that is winter sports. And maybe, you know, you could play running back for the Dallas Cowboys two years ago behind their own line. Um, <laughs> But pond hockey, pond hockey isn't your thing. So, uh, I think, I think you're, you're being unfairly harsh. I think they're, they're all really enjoyable. Like skiing is fun. Even if it is on, you know, small Hills in, in Lutzen or, or wherever, uh, you know, Lindsay Vaughn got her start at Buck Hill. Everyone knows that.
1: Love that. Um, Love
2: that. So it's like like 72, man. Uh, Yes. It's cold. But we're Minnesotans. Don't don't be don't act like you're a San Diego transplant that came here that can't handle a little bit of cold. Eric, you went to the Vikings game when it was like four degrees outside. So don't give me this crap. I can't run around and work up a or I can't skate around and work up a sweat on the pond. Love it.
0: All right, guys. Uh, next up, AirPods.
2: Oh, I'm gonna go first. Um, AirPods are a ninety easily. Oh.
1: I
0: thought you were be the opposite. I thought you were wrong. Yeah, I thought he was oh. going
1: to go negative. I thought he was going to go negative. They
2: are, I have the airpod pros and they are phenomenal. Um, I wear them when I like mow the lawn and it blocks out the the noise. Uh, they're fantastic. The, the charge lasts forever. I, I can't get enough of airpods. They're unbelievable.
0: Jeez. I want to disagree with you, but I actually want to agree with every single word you said. Ditto, Ryan. What score did you get? 90. Mm. Me too. And everything. Love it. Perfect score. AirPods. Love, love them. They're great. I have the same ones. We live the same life. Hive mind.
1: They seem a little bit. They seem a little overpriced. I think they're a little pretentious. I don't like how people wear them, even when there's nothing in, in them, just to have them in their ears to That's look right. look rich. Hate a, a lot of the a lot of the um, you know cultural or uh, classist classist bias comes into play with these AirPods. Sure. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like the fact that now you know Apple has moved on to like one thousand dollar over the year headphones that are supposedly better than the iPods Air EarPods I just bought. Um, I got them as a gift. I love them. Whoa, are they fucking impressive? <laughs> I mean, could they work any easier? You put them in your ear no, like and it's yeah. on. It's crazy. They're amazing. Oh, and then They're hey, technology. Jimbo, do you want to do you want to pause your music? All
2: you got to do is take one out, and it pauses yeah, it for you. while. I
1: mean, the shit works so well. Talking, I I use them a lot more recently with any kind of travel. Like, I get it. I'm gonna step down a little bit. You guys, are a little crazy with this, but I will go an eighty. Three, which is strong,
0: love that. Love that. All right, next up, Zubas.
1: Oh boy, uh, uh local brand. Hmm. Zubas are local.
0: I like Zubas. I have a pair of Zubas, they're Minnesota Twin Zubas. Um, you can't wear them in public, so that docks on quite a few points. Um, if you wear them in public, you look like you've given up, and I don't want you yeah. to think that about me. Um, wearing Zubas, you
1: have, but
0: yeah, wearing Zubas around the house is great um zubas get a 71
2: i mean wearing them around the house is great but i would rather be in sweatpants
0: they're like if yeah like if if
1: these new uh oh. these new trainer pants that people are wearing like with the tight tight cut like you know they got the like, slim fit somebody put that on there because i am obsessed i mean <laughs> Jimmo, you're like four years behind all this like it, i know but and I'm the, and i ten years too old to be wearing them, them and I still like them. Ryan, if you had Minnesota oh, no, no, no. Yeah, these Zubas are Zubas are overrated.
2: It's a trend yeah. from like the late eighties, early nineties <clears throat> that never really panned out. Um it tried to be a cool thing. If this was like a, if if Zubas had started in South Dakota, none of us would think they were even remotely cool. But because they were in Minnesota we think for some reason it's, it's like wearing a mighty ducks Jersey. Like everyone thinks like, Oh yeah, I knew somebody that, you know, whatever. It's just kind of silly. Zubas are completely overrated. I'd rather wear regular sweatpants 10 times out of 10. They're like a 35.
1: Well, that's a little harsh. I mean, like they're comfortable pants. How many, how many, many, pairs of right? you, how many pair of Zubas do you own? One. I mean, I don't, I don't own any because guess what? They're like thirty-five dollars as opposed to like seven dollars, which is what they should be priced at. Okay, but I mean so... that doesn't mean they're a negative. They're, to to me, they're a fifty-five, just fine, above average, whatever, overrated. Yeah.
0: Um, How many more have we got? Two more lunchables.
1: Man, lunchables, man. Ask, hey. Different times in my life, you asked me this, my score would be so different. I feel like my score is low right now.
0: Lunchables might be the most overrated thing that's ever existed.
1: There was a time when I worked like, you know, by the hour and I was like a younger man. I was in my twenties and I figured out like, wow, I can get like these Lunchables. And like, I hardly spend any money on lunch and now I have more money for beer or whatever it was. And I really liked them, but they're bad, huh? I mean... Their the food is really bad.
0: Like five crackers, four pieces of meat, three pieces of cheese, a mini snicker bar, and a little bag of carrots.
1: I don't think you've ever had a Lunchable. I have. That's yeah. never been in there. A bag of
0: carrots I don't and a Snickers
1: bar? You have
0: no idea. It always desserts. either two Oreos or like a mini There's candy bar.
1: Crackers, meat, cheese, and Oreos, or maybe Chips Ahoy, which avoid those.
0: Yeah, okay. And then you have the pizza ones that are awful. They're like, you, yes. you eat a frozen pizza?
2: <laughs> and is there, Without eating it is up? There, is there anything worse than a cracker that has been in the fridge like a couple days too long, and then it's like moist and like almost like soft? Like that's Ooh. the worst.
0: Lunchables may be like, the most overrated thing that's ever existed. I'm giving Lunchables an 18. They're awful.
2: Yeah. I mean, Jimbo, you're a big texture guy with your food. That like soft, mushy cracker with like hard cheese and a slimy
1: meat. That's it, that's a like a it's almost every 30. bad texture you can get. If they're a 30, a 30. I'm actually great with that score. I will get also give it a 30. Um, let's try to get away from cheap processed food as a human race out with Lunchables 30.
0: OK, uh, last one. Mild Winters. I'm going to go first. Okay? Mild winters seem great, right? Because I hate the snow. I don't care about the cold. The cold I can deal with. The snow I can't deal with. Okay. But the other problem is, is that um, mild winter after mild winter after mild winter is a problem because that's global warming eventually. After
1: oh. Winter.
0: It's not weather and it becomes uh, absolutely tre- an absolute trend Um Th- it's global climate change. Yeah.
2: So let's let's not let's not use the the improper nomenclature because global warming has like a negative connotation. It's global climate change. Yeah.
0: And so weather can last for 25 years, but after a long period of time, um, it becomes uh, a trend. We know it's happening. Um, I like mild winters for selfish reasons. I think that too many mild winters in a row is a bad thing because I care about the world. I'm gonna go
1: with mild winters as a sixty. Wow, you can, con- Eric, you confused yourself with that score. You
0: would be like, you didn't know what you were voting for.
1: Am I voting for me and my comfort, or am I voting for like this horrible, like world destruction thing? Mild I'm gonna this and like assume somebody asked me this in 1985 or two or even 1995, and a mild winter is it a very positive thing? Because guess what. If it, was, if it was a full-on trend and that's the new normal, it wouldn't be a mild winter. That'd be a winter. This is a mild winter, as in last one was bad. The next two are going to be horrible. It's a good thing. It's a fucking 77, and the score is perfect, and you can't deny it. And...
0: We just weren't even that far off, though. <laughs> it would have been a 95 for me. I deducted 35 points because of global climate
1: change. <laughs> and then we meet in the middle. Ryan, what you got, baby? I, I just want for
2: us. I, I'm, I'm so lost between what the both of you were saying. I don't even care anymore. I just want to end the segment. Uh, <laughs> mild liquors are not horrible, but they're bad for the planet. So um, 70.
0: All right. Okay. All kind of in Beautiful. 70. All right, guys. That is it. That's all the time we have on the Nordies podcast. Thanks for listening. Please go watch The Dark Knight this week um, so you can stay up with our rewatch. We want to hear your opinions on that. Um, but also help spread the word about the Nordy's podcast in the new year. When you're alone at home or driving in your car or working out or wherever you do when you listen to the Nordy's podcast, just know that your friends are with you. Let us know what you guys think. Hit us up on social media. Tell a friend about the Nordies podcast. And we'll be back with you guys next week.